Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hello, everybody. Welcome in live from New York Stadium. Dion and I just witnessed Inter Miami put on a... Uh, Rough performance in the in the Open Cup final against the Houston Dynamo, losing two one. Uh, goal from Joseph Martinez late on, but in reality, and this is something that we're going to probably touch on for the entirety of the show, tactically, personnel wise, effort wise, efficiency wise, from the first whistle, it just it simply wasn't enough, and that's kind of going to be the base of the show today. Unfortunately, you know, you won't get many Cup finals at home as a soccer club. It's not something that comes very often. This was an opportunity for them to win at home in front of their fans after they had won the league stuff in the summer uh, in Nashville. Could have brought a second trophy home. Instead, they lose in really unfortunate fashion. I, I just don't think it was enough today. Gian, what are your overall thoughts on the performance before we get into the nitty-gritty about what happened tonight? Yeah, it just seems like nobody showed up tonight. I mean, it was just kind of a disaster of a game. Unfortunately, leading up into the game, I was kind of confident that Inter Miami had enough to to beat this Houston side. I wasn't overly concerned with Houston. Again, just going back to some of the stats that we had talked about in that preview game leading up to tonight, where we knew that Houston wasn't the best away team. They they had gone on. I think they had. We had said they had maybe one one in their last 10 or 11 something like that away from home uh seeing that they had just lost against sporting kc the game the game prior um even they were i mean sporting kc was down one man since the 39th minute and they were still able to get a win against houston seeing that inter miami was able to hold their own against an orlando side that second in the east and they were down alba and messi and were able to to still tie in a hostile environment like all of that leading up to this game had me pretty confident that we could come out with a win despite Messi or Alba not playing so I was just really surprised um and I think that one of the things for me is when you watch your team and even if they don't win if you see them put in um the effort and see them kind of just like you know playing a tough game and playing hard and trying to get something done i think that at least you can while you're going to be disappointed with the loss at least you feel somewhat vindicated that you saw your team give it their all and that's just not the sense i got tonight um i just didn't get the sense that miami played the best that they could and i think that there's a, a variety of things we can talk about from tactics to personnel to fatigue to just people being off their game maybe some uh, on an individual level uh but i was trying to find a bright spot I, and it was really tough to find there weren't many there weren't many players like this is one of those games where you don't i think blame it on one person like you can't necessarily look at one guy or one player and say hey this person wasn't it it was just really all about the entire team kind of like where, where when they played against atlanta that's kind of how I, i've got that similar like feeling that everybody was kind of off um, so I got one guy that I think played well, but, uh, we can talk about that later on, but overall, just a, a mess. Unfortunately, you had a chance at winning your first cup. Uh, so disappointed. I think like a lot of our viewers probably are right now. Yeah, absolutely. Ashley, thanks for joining in. I know you're doing it live from the car on the way home from dry think you were there in attendance tonight to witness the, I don't even know if I want to call it a performance from into Miami, but, uh, to witness what happened, uh, in, in the open cup final loss. Uh, what are your overall thoughts about how Inter Miami came out, how they played, and, and your thoughts on the results? Yeah, for sure. Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. Okay. Um, I apologize that I know it's a little bit dark. I, I made my mom drive my car. That's how much I needed to jump on this to give my thoughts. Um, <laughs> where to begin? Let's. I, I want to start by saying that I think 
people maybe underestimate the like position of hosting a cup final in soccer. It doesn't, it's not, doesn't happen that often. It's not an easy thing to get no matter, you know, it's not like the NBA or things like that, where you get, you get home court, no matter what, that doesn't happen in soccer. And I really think tactically and effort wise, Miami really fumbled the bag tonight because as soon as Messi was declared that he wasn't going to play, it felt like the energy, not only really, you know, obviously the fans were disappointed, but the energy of the team wasn't there. Tactically, Tata, who has done, I think, a really good job of compensating for Messi not being able to play recently, put in a put in a lineup of a team as if Messi was playing on that right wing, and he wasn't, and as if Jordi Alba was playing left back, and he wasn't, and you're asking a lot out of some of these players that they weren't ready for it. And you needed speed and you needed, you know, effort, cojones, all those things. And the, the starting lineup didn't have it. The, the, we had one shot in the first half. Are you kidding me? Um, I think a couple of things that, you know, Diego Gomez didn't have a good game. I don't think he should have been thrust into the starting lineup after not playing for a while. I think, that and we're, we we don't need to you know we don't need to pour salt on the wound but I think Kristoff was the wrong choice and I think he showed it during the game um I there Houston's a very fast team and if we were going to go with a back four you can't go with a 36 year old center back whose like legs are behind him because that first goal he was beat like 10 times out of 10 uh and yeah I have a lot more thoughts but we can we can start with that that I think tactically before I'm put into position. Yeah, I, I thought, you know, from, from the initial lineup, you know, when, when they went out against Orlando, they put out a 4-3-3 on paper, and we obviously saw that shift with Taylor playing as that hybrid winger, wing-back kind of role and helping the defense. Noah Allen was a little bit more tucked in, and not all the way to the touchline. And tonight, from the first whistle, you saw Noah Allen playing out in that left back, and this at times looked like a 4-3-3-1. This at times looked like a 4-3-3. In defense, you saw it as a 4-5-1. So a lot of things were going on. You saw switches from Kermeshki and Farias. You saw switches from Farias and Taylor. You saw so many different schemes that Tata tried to put out. That was nothing compared to what they did against Orlando. It wasn't even close. It was completely different. Nothing was the same. And I, I think that that's where really the downfall begins. I don't think that he had it right from the get-go. I think that if you look at that first goal, you can say what you want about Kristoff. But in reality, Miami got split wide open, wide open with no alley having to tuck in to cover, and there was nobody on the backside to help. If you're playing a five at the back, that ne- that isn't necessarily the case. That might not happen if Taylor is there to help out, but he was getting caught after pushing up so highly. So for me, the downfall it, it is really the, the lack of width defensively. You saw it on the second goal as well because DeAndre Edlin was having to track back and make that kind of crazy tackle that like, you're never going to win from behind. He was having to catch up. You were never going to win that, and that's where it came from. So I, I do agree that defensively um, there could have been some changes, but rather than personnel, I would blame it more on the actual tactics itself and the fact that you had a 19-year-old left back out there that, granted, held his own, held his own, but I, I really think that if you substitute Abuez in for Kristoff or for Miller, Nothing really changes. This team is still not wide enough to defend a very, very pacey Houston side. They just didn't have it tonight, and it was the wrong approach from Tata Martino. Sorry. <laughs> you hear me? Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I Mas- hear you. Massey just passed me in his car. Not that that matters for anything, but he did. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I mean, I don't disagree that, like, it, the tactics were all wrong. But if you were going to go with a back four, then you should have had your two fastest center backs, in in my opinion. But, yeah, I, no, it, but it, I, it, everyone was bad. Yeah, I, I agree. And I do want to touch on Gomez as well, because this is now the second time that Tata Martino has thrown Gomez into the starting lineup after having no, like, preparation. That's like, why that I, back four looked weak, too, because of that. Exactly. He had no help. Additionally, Royal had been in this lineup, and he had helped so many times in a ton of games. Sorry if it's getting loud right now. Um, but he had so much 
helps towards the back line in every single game that he's played. With Sergio Busquets into the lineup, you need defensive midfielder. You need one, 100%. Diego Gomez and Benjamin Sinesi are not that. They are not the help. So the lines were completely broken. You had no help for the center backs at all. You didn't create a block in front of the back line like we've seen before without the Martino. Know? And I think that that was definitely part of the downfall. Dick Miller is really part of this game. Diego Gomez now being thrown into the starting lineup, coming off of an injury. And you saw it before when he first signed with the team. He had played, you know, 20 minutes in the next game. He goes out and starts and plays 90 minutes or 60 minutes, whatever it was, from the get-go and had a bad performance as well. It's not the first time we've seen this. I don't know exactly what Paco was thinking. Dude, he hadn't played. He hadn't played in weeks, coming off of an injury that he sustained in practice during MLA, uh, South American elimination games. Like I don't understand the thought process for Tata to just inject him into a starting lineup in a final. Like it makes zero sense to me, especially when him and Kremaski's role are very similar. They're not exactly the same, but they're they're both. I mean, Kremaski's job is to facilitate the attack and to to every to be more of a a an attacking playmaking distributing player and that's why he works so well with Busquets and Arroyo but then you I, I mean that that's to me is like I know that we've had that discussion to whether it should be a backline of five or where it should be a backline of four and the the line of four looks good to me except for the fact that they had no help at all at all in my opinion that's what made that 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 to me is what made that back line of four stand out more in a negative way more so than 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 that than it being because of it being a, a formation change but i'll say this another th one one thing again that was making that back line of four look so bad is the fact that our passing the accuracy of our passes was so poor so poor that they would continuously give up counterattacks where Yerlin was high up or Noah Allen was high up and they had to rush on the wings where we were getting killed to try to catch up. And then not only that, but our midfielder, man, there were so many times where there was one of those counters and two or three of their guys were pushing hard against our back line. And I look and our midfield is nowhere to be found. Our midfield was nowhere to be found. They would, they would show up four or five seconds later like that was a big issue to me as well also like we were playing on a different surface than houston we we lost our footing so many times our ball our passes were going so slow and not reaching their target but for houston they were playing like they were moving 100 miles per hour it was through the effort it was you could set from minute one of the game it didn't feel good it felt like a game that they were not they weren't in the moment for and, and i i mean i have to imagine in all honesty part of it was they were deflated because of Messi because from the reports and things like that it wasn't until an hour before the game that it was 100% confirmed that he not only was he not going to start he wasn't going to play and I don't think that the locker room knew that to that extent and while it's not an excuse these are professionals etc I just think that the way Tata handled it the coaching staff the players stepping up for a final year hosting it just it really wasn't there for me on any level and it was, it was disappointing and then in the second half, when they made the right changes and you finally started to see like a, you know, a better showing from the 45th to the 60th minute, we had some real opportunities and our, our, you know, Joseph, who got a good goal in the end, he was afraid to shoot the ball the first 15 minutes. I don't know what the hell I was watching. I, I, he got two or three great through balls and he didn't shoot it. Yeah, I, I would have won. I mean. I'm still baffled by the fact that they can go into Orlando and play a certain way and then come into this game, a final at home, and give that performance. Like, I would give everything right now for them to switch these two performances around. Because if that were the case, I think that Miami are lifting the trophy as, as we're speaking. Like, I, I genuinely don't see how Houston would have beat the Miami team that put the effort that, put out, that they put out against Orlando. I'm struggling to cope with the fact that they literally ruined their chances of hosting, hoisting a trophy at home. And we're going to go through all these talking points continuously about where the effort was went wrong, tactically everything as we already had. And we started with the back line. We can progress to the, to the midfield and to the forwards because I definitely want to talk about Kikundo Farias' role and, and how I think that it was a little bit, I think he was being asked a little bit too much. Um, but this team wasn't progressing the ball 
well at all. I don't think that Campana was fed the chances that he normally would have been fed if someone like Lionel Messi is on the pitch and that we've seen in times past. And with that said, it, it seemed like for me, and I, I said this earlier on in the game on my Twitter, the shift in formation was probably to aid Leonardo Campana. That's where I saw the help needed, the rest of my team saw the help needed to be, to surround players with Leonardo Campana to get him the ball in areas that he can be lethal. Robert Taylor gets subbed off at halftime because he was completing like 50% of his passes and he was the most inefficient player on the pitch. Facundo Farias didn't know if he wanted to be a right winger or come in centrally and then play as a number 10 and wasn't feeding off of Campana at all. So wasn't connecting with Campana at all. I want to look at the passing matrix to see just exactly how many times Farias tried to feed the ball to Campana because I don't think that it was enough. And that's where for me, offensively, they couldn't get going either. And so when you go down two goals and you're not connecting on offense, you go into halftime down 2-0. At that point, the changes already are a little bit too late. Joseph wasn't enough. I, I do agree with you, with you, Ashley, that when he came onto the pitch, it was like he was afraid to shoot. Um, Gian mentioned in the preview show that he just has lost that killer instinct. And there were times where he got the ball in the box and just could have ripped it on his right or his left, and it didn't happen. So for me, I, I struggle really right now to understand everything that we said leading up to the show because we were so high on the depth of this team. And a lot of it, I guess, was more geared towards performance and effort and tactics because without it, this team really just doesn't have enough to beat a, a, a side that's motivated like Houston. Uh, and I think going into the playoff push, we don't know the status of Lionel Messi. We don't know how much he's going to be able to play. For me, this game on Saturday is more likely than not the make or break game for Inter Miami going to the playoffs. I doubt we see Lionel Messi play if he doesn't play tonight. So I'm a little bit on that side where I'm skeptical about how this team is going to perform going into the latter part of the season. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's it, it's it's tough now, especially where I think there's even more uncertainty now surrounding Messi. And what's really going on? Um, I think that if we had talked about this, he didn't need to be 100% to play this game. We thought, given the magnitude of the game, given how much he wants to win, and this this being a final, even if it was 70%, 80%, I think he would have played. And I think we could all agree, knowing Messi, if he was 70 80%, he would have played. So that is, I think, very telling. That it's, I think it's a bit worse than we think, or 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 maybe if not worse, maybe he's not nowhere near as um, healthy as as he should be to be able to play. So that is concerning, especially knowing that we are now getting to the tail end of the games that are left for us to kind of make it to the MLS playoffs. Um, and then I'm just wondering, I, you know, we talk about the depth of this team. It, I don't know. Like I, I, I thought that we were deep enough to play a four-three-three without Messi. It seems like it was, are we are we not? It was you know it's it, it almost wasn't a fair indicator because to be honest with you, it was such an embarrassing display of effort for a final from the whole apparently the whole facility from from every single coaching staff member and player. It was embarrassing that this game seemingly to what we saw in the field meant nothing to them and you know I, I think it's I'm being a little harsh because obviously what Inter Miami have done this year so quickly has been really remarkable and they've played great even the last few games of that Messi and Alba um, also Alba's missing Alba can't be understated either the the effort you from minute one there was just there was no effort nobody cared and it, it, you could see it from every pass from the running the tracking back and it was just, it's really, it was really disappointing to see. Yeah, I mean, I, I think a lot of that too, I, I can even look at in the, in the last moments of the game when the substitutions were made and they were really just trying to play like, uh, you know, the, the cross and cross, cross the ball, cross the fingers, hope it hits the back of the net at some point. When they were playing that style of football, I, I was really so, so disappointed because Nobody was moving. Everybody was stagnant on the ball. And this is where you're down 2-0 with 20 minutes, 10 minutes left to go in a final. And other than the Joseph Bull, 
really didn't create anything that was promising at all. A lot of times they're trying to put the ball down the wing with Noah Allen, and he can't get the cross off. And if he does get the cross off, nobody's moving towards it. And then if he can't go and get the cross off, he can't get to the weak defensive by He swings it back. They go to the opposite side. They go to the opposite side. Couldn't play the ball through the middle. Everything was just poor, and, and it was lackadaisical. And I'm really upset to say that because it, this was a final. This was a chance to lift a trophy in front of your fans, and they weren't able to do it. And if you go ahead and watch those last 10, 15 minutes on repeat, the lack of movement is, is horrific. But it is genuinely something that I did not see coming from this side, who had all the energies on the fans. I know they were down 2 no, but La Familia didn't stop singing. They didn't stop chanting. They didn't stop cheering or waving the flag. They still had the energy. You heard it when Joseph scored his goal. People were still in the stadium. So I don't understand exactly why it didn't look like they wanted to put their front foot forward and attack this game. I, I don't understand it. Houston were, you know, going, they're parking the bus completely. And they, as they should, right? They're, they're wasting time. They're parking the bus. They're doing everything that they need to do to seal the victory. And that's exactly what you expect from the side. But there's also ways to tackle that. I don't think that Miami did that tonight, even with the substitutions. It was not enough from the first whistle in terms of an effort standpoint. And that's what irks me the most. Because I understand if Tata gets the tactics wrong. And I understand if, you know, I don't like the formation that's played or the personnel. That that really can be up for debate at all times. But what can't be up for debate is putting effort in. That that's, That is where it really comes down to because I promise you this week we are going to talk so much about the center backs, about the defense, about the formation. I'm ready for it, trust me. But I think that we can all agree 1 million percent that the effort was not there tonight from Inter Miami. 100%. Also, really quickly, I, to be fair, I really don't think it was a ref show. Like, I don't think the ref made, I would say, like, I think it, his whistle was a little bit more in favor of Houston than us, and but not enough where it was so, it was so telling. But I'll tell you what, what was disgraceful was the time wasting from the fifth minute of the game that Houston did. It's not like they started time wasting in the second half only. They were time wasting the whole first half and to not even see one yellow card by the end of the game to their goalkeeper, anyone on Houston for deliberate time wasting and only six additional minutes. Then why are we in a final, no less Then what what are the point of the rules of having of trying to prevent time wasting because I think that the minimum stoppage time could have been between eight to 11 minutes of stoppage time. And then not only that, but yeah, it, the ref didn't put a stop to the time wasting when he should have in the very beginning. Another thing that just went at our disadvantage, but yeah, right? like, I mean, that's we're all, we're at a loss for words, even though I keep talking because the effort. The effort was so disgraceful from any team in a final, in a cup final that you're hosting for your fans that have been there for a very long time. It was really disappointing. I, I thought they were going to, I thought, you know, if anything, the effort was going to be the one thing that we were going to see. So that is disappointing because the fact that they were put in this position after having such a terrible first half of the season and I thought they wanted to do this for Messi like I thought that that they were gonna kind of see and and I think that you know Messi showed up to the game and I think that he made it a thing to make sure that he, he was there to support his team to support his guys he was I think right there front and center so I I don't know I, I thought that th going into this game I thought effort was the last thing that we were going to have to worry about. Um, and just seeing a team that was just so imprecise in everything they did, everything, and there was nothing they did well, nothing, was really just like, a, I don't know, left me like flabbergasted. Like, I didn't even know how, what to explain it. Everything was going wrong. There's not one thing that was that was done right. Um, I, I mean, I will say, and I, I mentioned this at the beginning, there was one bright spot in this uh awful game and i think it was that kamal miller played excellent in my opinion he's this could have if it wasn't for him i think there could have been an easily three four more goals by houston he's man he was great and and on the on the opposite end of that what i thought was weird was drake seemed a little shaky too in, in my opinion there were some where he 
especially at the beginning. I think he he got a little better as the game went on, but at the beginning, I don't know if it was nerves or or what, but he couldn't even hold on to the ball. Like he was he was leaving like rebounds and that sort of thing. So I don't know. Everybody was off except except Miller, which was interesting because we had that discussion earlier on, and I, I think kind of kind of Miller kind of vindicated himself. Uh, in regards to like our, our discussions about him kind of yeah. being the guy. Um, and it was just weird not having Aviles there, going back to what we said before. Um, I don't know, like if, if you guys had to, if you guys had to choose, I'm, I'm interested to know, is it more formation or is it more personnel? Formation. Formation, you think? I think it's formation. This game, the formation really didn't help. It's Hata. I think played that wrong. He it was a final. They're playing against a very fast team who's been in great form recently, and Messi's not playing. You should be playing with a back five. I think that that's a hundred percent. And you you need to put your players in a position to succeed, and not have to figure every single thing out on their own. But that's basically what it seemed. It seemed like there was no coaching done, and Tata said, "You eleven go on the field and and play." and good like figure it out and that's just uh yeah i don't know it's it's really it's it's one thing you get outplayed one thing you get out personnel but to be out to get such such a lopsided effort where it wasn't just like oh a little bit of an effort it was 90 to 10 effort really it was just a disgraceful effort where there was no energy from anyone and um look at it you know nevertheless we we build we persist we will be back um it it just it, it's a really it's a big shame to see when you, you, Amelia from day one who have been waiting to see this team succeed get to host a big domestic cup final and that's the effort you put in it doesn't sit right with me I think that I think that Houston was very disciplined on their defensive end and and I mean they had they had that very clear back line of four. They had two two defensive mids. They closed the gap between the midfield and the defense. It was very tough to get anything through. So when you have that going on and then throw on top of that, that Miami couldn't string two, three passes or, or more so more than anything, the final touch was disastrous, I think, where it was just they just couldn't make that final pass to, to get – uh, get an open shot or to, to, I mean, when you combine the defense that Houston did, which was textbook defense and Miami just being imprecise, that was just the perfect storm, I think, because you, you, you just can't do that. You have to, you have to be more precise. And then uh, there were at times where, where Inter Miami uh, was fo too focused, I think on playing through the middle and they weren't getting it done and they kept trying where they, I think they should have opened up more on the wings um, and they just didn't take advantage of, of that. Um, Gedlin was off. Noah, I think, did better on the offensive end, but on the defense, I don't know. Yeah, second half, every time he got the ball, I was like, well, he's not going to do anything right. Like, he had no confidence yeah. playing. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Why didn't Tata, like, got it wrong? And, it, you know, from – minute 25 or 30 why didn't you switch to a back five i don't understand why it was just so we were moving five steps behind the whole entire night it was just crazy to me yeah it's just it's hard to swallow honestly to answer to answer your question Dion, from before I, I i think it's formation and i think it's formation solely because of how stretched out this defense looked when Houston were going up and down the wings. Um, I, I, the name is escaping me, but number 21, the winger that was that scored that goal, running up and down the wings, he was absolutely rapid. And he was, I mean, every defender was asked, asked to do a job that they were not able to perform, in my opinion, and definitely in that first half. And I think that you saw something similar on the opposite side with Orlando, uh, with the Colombian winger Angulo, who, again, rapid winger, gets up and down the pitch, and get into the box, but for the most part, other than one chance that he had in that game against Miami on Sunday, really kind of got locked down, and they were trying to use him as an outlet, and they just absolutely couldn't, and then they, you know, kind of deferred a little bit more to Procundo, uh Torres. So, for, for me, I, I say it's formation, because if 
this is a back five, and I saw Noah Allen as more of a third center back and Robert Taylor going to help, I think that they wouldn't have been as stretched out. It would have been a lot more comfortable and conservative and safe. And I also think that from the offensive standpoint, again, Robert Taylor was unbelievably inefficient tonight. Unbelievably inefficient. He missed like 35. He missed like 35% of his passes. And he got on the ball a ton in those attacking areas, which, yes, is great. And you want to see him take those shots on his right foot. I completely understand that. But he doesn't help anybody else. He doesn't connect with anybody else going forward. When he's in more of a reduced role, and I know we've talked about this and where he should be playing and how many different positions he's played. But for me right now, without Jordi Alba, Robert Taylor has to be your left wing back in a three-center back formation. I don't care if it's Aviles, Miller, Kristoff. I don't care if it's Noah Allen, um, Miller, and Aviles. I don't care who it is at this point. And I, I should say this, actually, before I continue. Ashley, in the last show, was 100% correct. A million percent correct about Kamal Miller going into this game. He was the best player on the pitch, as Gian mentioned. He was the one, put, he was the one that I can say put in the effort tonight. That is the only player that I would say from all of Miami's 10, from the rest of Miami's 10, that it was Kamal Miller and Kamal Miller only. I don't know how many interceptions and blocks he had and some detrimental ones at that because Houston could not get the ball by him at all when they were going to shoot. It was, it was Kamal Miller's show from the back line. So I really think that, you know, Ashley, 100%, you were correct. Kamal Miller has to be the starter going forward. That what you do with the other guys is, is up for question. And I, I think that Tata is going to struggle to be able to do that. But at, at the very, very least, without Jordi Alba and Messi on the pitch, you need to be more pragmatic in your style. That's just the, yeah. the way this team has to play. I don't care. I don't care if you want to see more attacking football. I don't care about any of that. You could have beaten Orlando away from home. And you could have, could have really, you know, go into the game on Saturday in a much more advantageous position. But, you know, you give up one goal later on and that's fine. But you look at the game tonight versus the game in Orlando, complete difference. And I think it's strictly due to the tactics, obviously the effort as well, but due to the tactics, that's a major, major part. As the guy that, that, that heavily, heavily advocated for a 4-3-3, I'd like to say something. <laughs> I'd like to say that as much as I advocated for the 4-3-3, I think that obviously a big part of the game is reading it as it goes along and making sure that that formations can sometimes be fluid depending on what's required. And I think that what I saw very early on was that they were Houston was making it a point to attack our left wing. So the side with Miller and with Noah Allen. And what they were doing is, and I don't know if you noticed this, they were putting in, they were putting a body between Miller and between Noah Allen. Usually it was like it was Beard, and then they would put someone on the other side of Noah Allen. It was typically like Carrasquilla or Bassi. one of them would be on that right side. And what that was doing was creating a lot of confusion between Miller and Noah Allen. They didn't know. Like what would end up happening was that let's say Beard was between Miller and Noah Allen. Beard would make the run. Miller would follow, but Noah Allen would not read that right. And he'd follow as well, which would leave the guy on the, on the wing open. And they kept doing that. And that kept creating big, big opportunities for them. And I think that Tata should have seen that. And realize that that at that point they're exploiting that side. They're exploiting, I think, Noah's lack of um, of uh, what's it called uh, experience. His lack of experience with that. Because we have to remember Noah's as well as he's playing. I think that he still has a lot to learn. And they kept exploiting that. They kept putting two guys right on that side. And that's where I would have agreed and that yeah, it was time is, to bring Taylor back to help that the thing side. Is, yeah, exactly. Nobody, nobody helped. I'm not. I, I know you're not doing this, but I don't want anybody to fault Noah Allen for for anything tonight because I don't think that it was necessarily. I mean, especially the the, the first goal. I don't think that it was necessarily his fault. He just got caught tracking a runner. What nobody else from the midfield was tracking, and then obviously somebody escapes to the back post. Noah Allen was asked to do a lot. He was isolated a ton of the time, and Gian is a hundred percent right. They were trying, Houston was trying to exploit that. You saw multiple people on the wings time and time again, but Robbie Taylor was having to come back, and but he wasn't doing it from a wide standpoint. He just saw him drop into the midfield, which for me, again, made absolutely no sense to leave Noah Allen that isolated, that far out wide, spread out your center backs. 
it just doesn't make sense. And I don't really understand how there wasn't a change earlier on. There could have been a change even before the goal because it was super easy to notice before they scored. And they scored, what, 20 minutes into the game? Yeah, so, Gomez should have been helping. But yes. Gomez was, was all the way up top. But that should have, that was Gomez's role, was to be going down and helping on that side. And when he wasn't even close to doing that. No, no, he was never in the he was never in the frame when I was watching on the on the TV. He was never even in the frame. Like he was, I don't even know where he was, but he certainly wasn't where he was supposed to be. That's that's honestly, I know that was like a like a offhanded remark, but that is so telling. You it's just yeah, it was a hundred percent. And and let me tell you something else. You know, a back four is great when you have Jordi Alba as your left back and you have Messi as your as your right wing as your right winger, but you didn't have that, and so. It was just for someone as seasoned as Tata Martino. Let's say you were just even, even if it was your initial idea, to not immediately within 20 minutes move to a back five after that first goal, have Robert Taylor come in on the left, and then have like to do it not to do a five-two-three or a five-three-two. It was just it, it made zero sense to me, and it was, yeah. And, and I said this. But, you know, I, I think that there, there's a there's again, I think I said this in the preview show. I think there's a stigma around a back five being like ultra defensive. When in reality, it's literally just covering your covering your you know what like that. That's all it is against a team like Houston, who was trying to attack on the wings. They moved Karaskia out wide and they obviously had Quinones out wide as well. Just going up and down and up and down. And you had Dorsey overlapping. They really, really, really really should have just changed whether it was in the first 15 minutes or after the goal because leading into the second goal i think that that's extremely preventable if you have more numbers behind the ball 100%. right 100%. oh my god if there was every everyone was playing like everyone was thinking and playing five steps behind houston and the other and the other player and, and you know like i don't i don't think Kramaski had a good game i don't think fadias had a good game i don't think robert taylor had a good game I can name a lot of people who didn't have a good game, but at the end of the day, these are still kids, and and she froze. She froze. She froze. All right. Well, yeah. hopefully she can Next. recoup and get back. Oh, there she is. Kind of, maybe. It was one. Yeah, of the, there you go. It was one of the worst performances from DeAndre Yedlin I've ever seen because, you know, within the first five to. 10 10 minutes of the game, he should have been able to see what was happening and he should have been tracking back more when he was seeing that those very lopsided and know that with his, his pace and his experience, he should have been tracking back. And he wasn't, you know, he wasn't at all. And he gave away stupid fouls and he just, he wasn't looking confident and he, he just, he didn't provide that seasoned veteranship on the back line that we needed. And so it was, that was one of my other kind of disappointing things. Like, yeah, Fadias didn't have a great game, but I, I think he was asked too much. Kramashki needs to get new cleats tomorrow. And, <laughs> For real. <laughs> and, yeah, like, you know, you can only ask so much of these kids. In the end, it was just poor on everyone. There's only one final. You only have one final every year. And if you even get in it, you know, you don't even make it to a final every single year. So they dropped the ball, but it is what it is. I, I got to jump off in a minute, but yeah, that's my, my I'm also kind of heated. It's, it's just disappointing. The effort was disappointing. You can't ask everything out of every single kid that plays the turnaround. This team has made over the year has been great and you can't rely on Messi for everything. But with all of those things still said, I, from just the eyeball test, I didn't see the effort near like one, per, one third of a way it needed. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Okay, I, I think she froze again. We'll probably want to. Yeah, I think she's. I have a couple of things that I want to bring up from the press conference. Um, Tata on Messi's injury uh, said that he just simply wasn't clear to play, and he wasn't even considered to play a few minutes in this game leading up to it. Uh, so very different response given the one that we got just about 24 hours prior. 
uh, after training. So that was interesting. But he does say that Messi will come back in time for league play. And they're still waiting on the medical department to give him the okay. So that is uh, concerning, for sure. Uh, I don't know when. I mean, obviously, league play starts again on Saturday against New York City FC, who sit in ninth place. A direct opponent right above you trying to make the playoffs as well. Probably make or break. We'll see. But in reality, it's a, it's an almost a must-win game at home. So hopefully, you know, get a couple of good news uh, leading up to that match. But we'll we'll see. We'll, we'll have everybody updated. Um, and as for the starts of Diego Gomez and even Benjamin Kramashki, he said that he started both of them because he wanted energy in the middle of the pitch. And he said that he put on Joseph and Arroyo in the second half. Uh, to give the team a little bit more control over the game, which I do think they got, but it didn't lead to anything efficient anyway. Uh, and Tata also mentioned that the team schedule has started to catch up to them. Uh, and I quote, we have started to feel the consequences of the amount of games we've played, end quote. So, you know, a lot of lot to take away from, from those quotes from Tata Martino, but in reality, it's not something that we haven't talked about. All of it is something that we've mentioned on the show um, in terms of, you know, the schedule being very strenuous and games coming again and again and again. I mean, literally, you look at this game in a six-day stretch. On Sunday, you play your, your interstate rivals, Orlando City, in an extremely intense match. On Wednesday, you go ahead and you play an U.S. Open Cup final. Yes, it's at home. And then on Saturday, you have one of your most important games in the MLS playoff race. That that's that's all in a six day span. So they have a really tough schedule, that is for sure. But again, this was the game that you had starred, and the effort, as we've mentioned time and time again, um, is not something that you can ever be okay with. I, I don't really care how how tired or, or how much the schedule has caught up to you. What we saw tonight was not enough. Unacceptable. Yeah, and really one quick thing before I jump off. I think, and you know, there's something to be said about competitive advantage and all those things, and I understand it from a, you know, in-house perspective. You're going to see a lot of changes with media rules next year because now that you have Messi, like, you can't lie about injuries, and, and you're not going to be able to do that for, like, you don't see it in any of the other leagues. Like, there's, there's you know, there's shortchanging it, and there's, you know, day-to-day, quote-unquote, but for especially for MLS, like, they just, they, they can't have, that much really like not telling the truth when it comes to players and I think you're going to see over the off season that they're going to start being a lot more heavy fines and rules and requirements specifically in MLS when it comes to um, injury designation Gian any any final thoughts before we uh, listen from our amazing sponsors and head on out of here into, into Saturday no, I I think that um, there are a lot of an, unanswered questions, a lot of doubts right now, I think going through a lot of people's minds, a lot of fans' minds. Um, and those are probably things that maybe we can probably touch on some some of the pods this week. So I think you guys should be on the lookout for that. Like, is Messi's injury, is it a lot more serious than we thought? Um what the heck happened to Diego Gomez? He just appeared out of nowhere. I didn't even I, I, I had I didn't even know how we had hadn't heard anything about his injury. We didn't know anything. He just randomly just shows up. Um, what do the playoffs look like now? Is Messi going to be around for the playoffs? Can we make the playoffs without Messi? You know, I am one of the, I think one of the most confident people I, I, at least I in the team that we've had without Messi and Alba. I've I, I thought that we were going to come out of here winning three one. So like tonight's tonight really made me kind of think, you know, I'm still confident, but I'm, I'm thinking like, what, what, what do we really have in front of us without Messi and, and Alba, especially Messi? So I think there's just a lot of questions for us and obviously disappointment right now. Um, a game that I think many of us expected to win, but those are things that we can definitely talk about this week and hopefully sure. try to get some answers for for everybody. All right, before I round out the show, I have two more quick updates for you. Uh, reported by Franco Panizzo says that Inter-Miami players did not do a walkthrough with the starting 11 on Tuesday when there was media availability training uh, and confirms that the starters were not known until today uh, before the game. So that leads up to the point about Lionel Messi that Ashley was making. I don't know if, if that really has much to play into it. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't, but 
I guess that is the truth that they really did not know if Messi was going to play uh, leading up to this. To is that this, normal? As, sorry, is no. that normal as a player, like a player to just not know if you're going to play until like hours before? I mean, like, is, I, I, don't, I don't think I've heard of that before. Like, yeah, yeah I, I really don't understand what's going on. Um, and for me, if this is a muscle injury, obviously it's a little bit more complex and you, you don't, it's harder to, to tell the scope on those injuries, uh, especially any, any leg muscle. So I guess, but I'm not really giving anybody the benefit of the doubt here. This is, this is ridiculous. Like I, I am shocked by everything that we're hearing on a day-to-day basis about his availability, about his injury. If it's an injury or not, like I'm tired of doing it. I just kind of want the truth and yeah. we, we aren't getting it. Last thing, um, Tata says on the team setup in the first half that quote, Nobody would imagine that a group of players wouldn't know how to play a final. We couldn't neutralize their midfield. Quote. Uh, said that Houston was the fresher team with an extra day of rest. But for me, that, that has nothing to do with that's, anything. That's um, such and I know we don't really comment yeah. on this show, but that's, that's a bullshit answer. And all of those guys are not They all seem like out-efforted and out-performed and outclass in a final in your home in your home field and maybe i'll feel not as mad in a couple days and you know if people think i'm being too harsh you can let me know but just yeah my overall thoughts is one and to be fair a final is slightly different where i can understand you don't want to give a competitive advantage of whether messi or not is going to play or not like fair enough but uh this has been for the last like what six weeks or four five weeks that we've had this back and forth with messi and it's the lack of clarification but how often did that happen in europe ashley how like how often did that happen like when barca was playing were were teams really wondering is messi gonna play is he not gonna play like bro (laughs) there's rules and regulations like you can't no but like either way how is that a competitive advantage is that's the point i'm making if you have messi that's you i mean really is that really the the no, the tactic like, here, have the other team guessing whether you're going to play Messi? Like, the well, mystery, mystery like round is annoying. Clearly, the yeah. tactic didn't work because they had no it competitive advantage at all. It didn't work today, but I mean, to be like, in all honesty, it is a competitive advantage for your opponent to know if they're planning on playing against Messi or not. But it didn't help in this situation. And in general, it's, it's, not, it's not really going to help. Uh, and, you know, look. Again, and I want to stress this, and and on a somewhat positive note, we're disappointed. We have the right to be. We're upset with our team's effort. We have the right to be. But this is just the beginning of the journey with Messi. We have so many, I think, great things ahead of us. We maybe overachieved a little to start the year. But, again, there's no excuses for tonight for a multitude of reasons. I think we all would have been okay if we lost, but we lost with effort and with everyone playing to their best and we were just outplayed okay that happens you know this is still a team that's building but hopefully we have lots of good things to look forward to we'll see how the rest of the season turns out um onward and upward gian anything no i just thought ashley was going to say on a positive note she just got home and she can rest because i I don't see any positives out of this game (laughs) I'm playing the fortune teller of center backs is the other part. <laughs> but yeah, I don't have much else to say. Uh, I'm sure again we'll we'll discuss some other things later on this week. It was just uh, just really disappointed. I'm not gonna make any any excuses right now. We're just the just only disappointed. The only positive note that I'm taking away from this one is that they can now and we can now solely focus on MLS playoffs and I don't have to have these conversations about Leagues Cup or US Open Cup versus the playoffs. Where's the focus? I'm tired of those conversations. It's done and over with. I gotta win Saturday and they got to try and make the playoffs. And that will be the conversations here on out. So I'm excited for that. Uh, it's, you know, I love talking about a playoff push. It's one of the most exciting things in MLS all the way down to the decision stage. Well, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm sorry that this wasn't the most positive and uplifting show in our show's history. But at the same time, we've got to give it, we've got to give it the real way. And uh, it was a disappointing performance tonight for Inter Miami as they lose 2-1 at home at Drive King Stadium to the Houston Dynamo in the U.S. Open Cup Final. They finished runners-up for the first time in their history, which is okay. Um, the farthest they've ever gone in the U.S. Open Cup Final. And uh, we'll see what that means going into the latter half of this year. And if they can make the MLS playoffs, we will be covering it here on Messi & Co. If you haven't already, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, turn the notifications on, hit the like button. You can get notified every single time we go live for a post-game show or you can listen to our, our recorded podcast 
here on the YouTube channel as well. And if you want to listen to our podcast on any of your favorite podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, just type in Messi in the search bar. You'll find our logo, Messi and Co. And uh, make sure you, you follow the show, download the episodes, and rate it as well. Leave your comments for us uh, here in YouTube and on, if you want, uh, Twitter. You can follow us at Messi and Co. Uh, we're always posting content there, and you'll get notified as well uh, when we have content going live. For Ashley, for Gian, for myself, and everybody here at Five Region Sports and Messi and Co., we will see you guys later on this week. Are you ready to transform your space into a masterpiece? Introducing Mosaics, your destination for stones and more. Mosaics is a family-owned business serving the community for over 20 years. With the best quality porcelain, ceramic tiles, and high-end mosaics featuring unique modern designs, Mosaics has everything you need. Dedicated customer service, wholesale distributors, and a passion for excellence. Make sure you visit mosaics.com today to turn your vision into a reality. If you are ready to transform your backyard into a haven of relaxation and luxury, look no further than our amazing podcast sponsor, Lacqua Azura Pool Services. With over 20 years of industry experience, Lacqua Azura is a name you can trust when it comes to services, equipment repairs, and restoration for all things pools. If you're looking in the South Florida area for your pool to be serviced on a month-to-month basis, Lacqua Azura posts an impressive five-star rating on Google reviews, and it's a testament to their dedication to the customer satisfaction and top-notch service. Also, if you mention Messi & Co., you will get your first month of pool service absolutely free. So don't wait. For pool service, patio renovation, or more, call them now at 954-793-7206 and get a free quote for any project. Thanks, Lacqua Azura. Este podcast llega a todos ustedes gracias a Insurance by Lynette, una amiga de Fire Reason Sports Network que tiene mucho tiempo acompañándonos en nuestra cobertura de los equipos del sur de Florida. Si buscas a un agente de seguro de confianza, llama a Lynette, quien tiene más de 15 años de experiencia con seguros de carros, para dueños de casa, para renta, seguros de vida, de retiro y mucho más. Visita insurancebylinette.com, como lo ven en pantalla, o llama al 954-581-8800 para que obtengas un estimado gratis. ¿No tienes un buen récord de manejo? No importa, Linet te atiende y te busca la solución a tu problema. Llama ya al 954-581-8800, 954-581-8800, para que recibas un estimado gratis, gracias a Messi Co. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.